You are listening to episode 88 of the Game of Flavors podcast. My name's John, and this week, filling in for Ryan is going to be none other than Jason of Corpse Flood Gaming. Jason, how you doing, man? Not bad. How are you? Doing good, dude. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, Ryan had uh, some sort of family emergency happen, and we had to get somebody to fill in, and I appreciate you filling in at the last second here, man. I mean, what, like five hours ago I messaged you about this? Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm happy to come in for the clutch. Yeah, and, for uh, sure, dude. So, uh, you know, Ryan obviously does his little intro here, and um, figured it'd be good to, you know, have somebody else take a stab at it. So, you want to go ahead and tell the people that are listening what we do on this podcast? Absolutely. Here at the Game Deflators, we talk about games where we've recently uh, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it, man. I'll take it, man. Right. So, uh, we talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and today we fight off an alien invasion of year 2636 for this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Absolutely. I think that's, that's pretty close, right? I, I mean, Ryan, Ryan does a better job than I do. Yeah, well, I didn't get, I didn't get a practice run. I probably should have practice in uh, in the bathroom mirror or something before i started but, yeah uh, definitely you want to give it another shot i mean you could do it right now make ryan proud games we've recently picked up games we're currently playing and today we fight off an alien invasion in this week's inflation deflation challenge Think that works so i might have to cut out the audio and put that in instead <laughs> yeah. <I> appreciate <laughs> all that. right man yeah for sure okay so uh dude obviously you're of corpse flood gaming but you work on a lot of other projects as well so uh why don't you tell our listeners some of the other stuff that uh you're doing man other podcasts other uh creators that you're working with absolutely i uh do the game tenants podcast with our friend church of the game grinder and you'll find that on his channel as well as all podcast apps also check out his channel in general it's pretty awesome and uh, i also do on my own channel uh, a podcast called the super enabler bro show with my friend chris the old ass retro gamer and it's a primarily game related podcast but we you know we talk about some other hobbies we have comics action figures you know I mean? movies nothing's really off limits uh yeah we, we just started having guests on there so yeah we uh take anything uh we're probably not gonna talk about sports collectibles or anything because that stuff is lame but just about <laughs> anything else is good to go um yeah besides that you're just podcasting like crazy <laughs> it seems for like. sure man well and we were on uh, your podcast probably what two three weeks ago i think with the game tenants yeah it was about so, a month uh, ago now i guess yeah uh, man we, we uh we rested on our laurels of that one because it was so good we uh Apparently, just decided to take a month off. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of stuff going on, but we uh, recently recorded our uh, our follow up episode, so that's out now. If you want to check it out, it's episode ninety eight, I believe. Nice, uh, coming up on one hundred quick. So as long as we can uh, keep to our bi weekly schedule, we should be uh, by the end of the month. You know, I was wondering for a while, like Ryan and I would see like your numbers uh, for game tenants and then hours. I'm like, we're catching up to him pretty quick. But that makes sense if you guys like are doing biweekly and occasionally take a few weeks off type of thing. Yeah, um, it's, it's, we've been pretty good. This is the first time we've uh, had a had a kind of a lapse in episodes. We've been pretty consistent to keep them to the every two weeks. But uh, yeah, it's kind of that's kind of why I, uh, I decided to do the Super Enabler Bros show also because it's kind of like a an alternating week so yeah. each week i've got a podcast but lately i've been uh 
I've been doing doing a lot of podcasts. I just recently did the Cartridge Club Game of the Month podcast for the second month in a row. Oh wow! So uh, including this right now, it'll be like four podcasts in a week. <laughs> so Jeez, man! Four different ones. So uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, love we, talking uh, games. So oh uh, yeah, I know, man. At. Same here, dude. We've been on uh, with you guys. Obviously, we had Sega Saturn Shiro on our podcast uh, over a month ago, actually, and. Um, on top of that, we did Grief Burrito, which a couple guys out of the UK, which are pretty awesome. And Sweet. then we did the Next to Nothing podcast as well. So, dude, we're like right with you. It's been like podcast after podcast. Like I was telling Ryan, we, we need a break from yeah. jumping on other episodes. Yeah, I don't, um, don't want to get burned out. I might have, well, we're not going to take any, I'm not going to take any more hiatuses with you, either of mine. But yeah, we're, uh, I'm going to try and scale it back a little bit for My wife's pretty cool with me doing them, but uh, lately she's like, damn, oh, another podcast. She's like, oh, we're going to hang out tonight? Just uh, kind of said I'd do this podcast. So, so what I try to do is, like, strategically play around with the dates. And so, um, you know, she's not working on uh, Sunday and Monday, so I record on Saturdays now. Uh, hence, Perfect. when I was like, hey, let's do something on the 25th because it made sense. And she has Critical Role that she watches on Thursdays. So now so, I have Thursdays open if I ever need to do a podcast episode with somebody. So it's it's working. It's It's kind of going through, man. Um, yeah. All right, so, dude, obviously on the Game Slayers podcast, we like to talk about games that we recently picked up, and uh, let's start with you, man. Do you have any new pickups this week? Oh, yeah, actually, kind of a, kind of a lot. Um, not exactly all ones I've received. I've, they came in the mail, but uh, for those who don't know, I live on the Canadian-American border. And I hate Canada Post because the postage is so much more than the States that I just get everything from Amazon.com and ship it to a, a P.O. box. And right now with COVID, uh, the borders are all but shut down. And uh, for a little while, I had a solution of getting my mail, but they've cracked down a little bit more lately. So I got some stuff in limbo. But as far as stuff I actually picked up, uh, Last of Us 2 that on launch and uh spongebob squarepants battle for bikini bottom rehydrated uh, all right get, out, get my, off the podcast you can't be on here anymore <laughs> my kid my my kids are huge spongebob fans and i remember playing that game back in the day it was okay my, i think my younger brother had it and i was like you know what the kids will love this and the two tv setup in the living room has been a uh, very beneficial to me being able to play more games than I was uh, becoming used to so they play Spongebob while I played The Last of Us 2 and it was a really uh, weird side-by-side uh, -side thing because they sometimes you know need help because they're pretty young oh dad make this jump oh, grab these socks off the top of this thing I'm like okay just as soon as I uh, finish splitting this guy's head in half and <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool I also picked up the uh, Mortal Kombat 11 uh, and aftermath combo collection mm -hmm. and loving the hell out of that um, besides that uh, stuff I picked up but not physically I got all three of the Psycho Shooting Stars collections for the Switch just mm -hmm. decided to buy nice. them all at once uh, I bought Knights of Azure 2 uh, I picked up the even though I've already beaten it uh, right after it came out 
I bought the Death Stranding Collector's Edition for 70 bucks today, so can pass that up. Is and that on Amazon? Yeah, 70 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Church sent me the link and I was like, what? Because it went to like the Internet Explorer version on my phone. I yeah. was like, what? It's 130 bucks. Big deal. I didn't grab it when it was 100 and then I clicked it. I, I looked it up on the app, and I was like, "Oh, seventy bucks." Well, sure. It looks like I'm grabbing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer, man. Like those. I think I picked mine up when it was a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Or no, eighty-five. Was, I think is what I paid. It was a hundred or something. Yeah. It was uh, about a month ago, right? Yeah, and I was like, "Gotta pick it up, man!" Like it's, it's yeah. collector's edition for a hundred bucks. Like, come on. Absolutely. I'm a steelbook slut. As a as a st- hashtag, I started. Steelbook sluts, and uh, it's got a steelbook, so I'm happy with that. And who doesn't need another jar baby? That's pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Besides yeah. that, uh, the only other things I've got waiting for me are Iron Man VR and a game called Mystery Chronicle One Way Heroics, which was a limited run release, but it's actually affordable. It's one, is the 20th game they put out. And it's just kind of something I just learned about a little while ago, and it's kind of like you have to progress to the right and uh if you don't like the left side of the screen will catch up to you and kill you so you've got to be strategic with your movements and i was like that's a odd mechanic and something that sounds kind of you know something new to try and uh yeah i'm looking forward to checking that out i like to try new things besides that uh, that's about it what have you picked up lately so uh, I've been on an Xbox 360 exclusives binge as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. So really, anytime I could find an Xbox 360 exclusive, I'm grabbing it. So uh, I don't boy. think I mentioned I don't think I mentioned the last episode, but I picked up uh, Beautiful Katamari finally. Uh, I got that one. Oh yeah, you did I mention got, that. I just finished listening to it. Oh okay, there you go. You're, Correcting you're me doing, on my own podcast. You were doing uh, the, the GameStop uh, two for ones or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing the GameStop 2 for ones, and they're complete idiots. Like, you know, you heard on the episode where (laughs) their system is just not recognizing that I'm getting free games. So I'm like, all right, well, if you're not going to fix it, I'm just going to get free games. Uh, So I'm waiting for the next two for one to happen (laughs) so I can get it. Uh, So Project Selfie is one I picked up recently. Uh, So, yeah, not too bad. Uh, Death Smiles uh, was another one that came in. Uh, Magna Carta 2, I got that one in. Tenshu Wrath of Heaven. I finally picked nice. that up. Yeah, right. So I just got to get, I have number one, but it's scratched to hell and it's not complete. So I want to get a complete copy of that. And I think the other one was like Shadow of Darkness or something. I don't remember. It's uh, it's, it's another the, one that's on the PS2. If it's just the disc, I think I got an extra Tenshu first one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, PS1, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, PS1. I, I got it. I'll, I'll have to double check after, but I'm pretty sure I do. Okay. Hook, That'd be sweet. that up. Yeah, I gotta get it buffed out, but yeah, I mean it's not bad. Um, nope. I've got Garfield Kart Racing on the PS4. I was like, you know what? I looked it up online. It's sitting at about twenty bucks. It's not really a common game that you would come across. And every time I think about it, I just think Hello Kitty Racers. I'm like, all right, I gotta buy it. <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah, I like Garfield anyways, so yeah, it'll be interesting. And it's got, so, so what? and it's well, it's got decent reviews, so it's not like it's bad. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, why not? How funny uh, would it be I, if? Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, how funny would it be if Bill Murray voiced him still, <laughs> in in like the cheesy game that nobody knows about? Oh, that'd be awesome, dude. Well, dude, like graphically, it looks pretty good, uh, just from the pictures and videos I've seen. So, 
we'll see. We'll see how it is. It might be one that I play through and just quickly beat. And then I also got Destiny Connect. I think it's called TikTok Travelers, if I'm correct, on the PS4 and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and I actually got the PS4 version at GameStop, and they happened to have it with the plastic wrap and everything. I was absolutely shocked because it was their only copy. And you know how GameStop likes to, oh, yeah. you know, say, that's, oh, that's it's like brand more new. Rare than some open. of the rare games. It's yeah, right. Sealed copy at GameStop of anything, even if it's the day it comes out. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, so I picked that up. And then in the mail, I've got. Um, God, what did I pick up recently? Oh, La Mulana um, 1 and 2. So that was on Amazon for like 44 bucks for PS4. I did see like the, the Nintendo Switch version out at a Best Buy recently for 60 but I was like, come on, really? Like PS4 versus Switch? Like I understand, you know, if I were to play it on Switch, I kind of have that flexibility, being able to move where I want um, and play that. But come on, like can I really justify spending an extra 15, 20 bucks to just get the same game on a different console. Exactly. Like I, I, uh, I am a devout believer that Switch tax can screw it right off. I always go for PS4 over Switch if I can help it. If I find it somehow cheaper on the Switch, fine. Or if the only copy I can find is on Switch. But if I can get it on PS4, generally I go for that. I'll take the horsepower over the portability any day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and one other thing I picked up, uh, so I just put in an order on Limited Run Games for the E's Origin uh, series on Nintendo Switch. So I missed out on the PS4 release when that came out. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pick up the uh, Switch version when that comes out. I think they said they're shipping it out in, I want to say September or October. Or no, no, it ends in September. So it won't actually... Damn, that's a long window. Usually they go like two, three weeks, maybe. Yeah, I got to double check on that. But yeah, I want to say it was a pretty long window because it's not an official limited run game. Mm-hmm. They're just distributing it. No, that's pretty cool, though. So I it mean, doesn't like, count towards the collection. I generally hate the forced limited amounts of stuff. And I like when they do an actual pre-order because then if you miss out on it, it's kind of your fault rather than just, oh, I wasn't quick enough. You know, I couldn't get on it right at the time. Uh, I missed out recently on... Uh, what was it? Mother Russia bleeds because I couldn't get on like the second it went online and it sold out immediately because I think they only had a thousand copies, mm-hmm. and that was one I was actually really looking forward to. I had kind of a kind of a little mini tantrum there. It missed, ah, you know, <laughs> something when it's brand new and it's already rare. I'd, like screw off. Yeah, I agree, man. Like normally I, I wouldn't, and I used to slam the whole limited run games thing for a while, but being a physical collector if i can get my hands on a physical copy like right away and i've never had an issue with mm-hmm. those games and getting what i want uh within the time frame they provide like i've never had an issue where something sold out um when i want to buy it like obviously you wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning uh for us at least to get a you know get one of these games but mm-hmm. it's not a big it's not a bad deal usually i like, just throw some money out. at church and go he's like the wizard at that stuff even if it's the collector's edition he he's got it on lockdown so i just go okay just let me know how much i'm good for it (laughs) so that's something when whenever we meet up we have like a like a you know gift exchange almost because he's got all the stuff that uh came from limited run and some random other stuff i have some stuff that i got as doubles in my pickups and we just do and my wife's like you guys are cute you always do a little (laughs) you always have a little gift exchange every time you hang out Let's see but, if I was uh, in the Midwest, we could do a three-way gift exchange. 
Yeah, wouldn't that be the best? <laughs> yeah. We were we we, uh, we missed out on a convention we always go to in Milwaukee every year, the Midwest Gaming Classic, and we we're planning something uh, once this all calms down and I can actually cross the border. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be like Christmas gift exchange by the time that comes to be. So, well, hopefully, man, is what it is. Yeah. So uh, outside of pickups, um, I'm actually, we'll go into our currently playing. Uh, so right now I am currently playing uh, South Park Stick of Truth. Yeah. And, right, man. So I just finished Alien Ship uh, the other day and I was going to play it. <laughs> so my plan was to beat it tonight and then have the podcast tomorrow morning to record and then like, you know, talk about it. But mm. obviously, you know, that didn't work out. Uh, so I ended up just modifying the video you know our game deflators website and everything and getting all the search engine optimization everything running on that and i was like all right cool like i'll put south park off till tomorrow like now i can play it in the morning instead of recording so that's pretty cool yeah so totally stoked i'm enjoying it i'm gonna do the al gore uh side quest now with man bear pig uh so from what i understand this game is like super short so uh, super short it's a decent length it's just not a it's a, what I guess, use quote unquote, a respect your time RPG, but it never stops being fun or doesn't, there's no grinding to do. It's very story driven and kind of keeps you with it. So it lasts just the right amount of time. And just when nice. you're like, all right, it's starting to get old, all the backtracking, then it, it's done. You're like, perfect, perfect ending. So, Sweet. That's good to know, man. Cause like I did look up a guide the other day just to, to see kind of where I was, right? Um, because I was like, it's a 12-hour RPG, roughly. And mm-hmm. I was like, with side quests and everything, I could see it being 12 hours. But when I ran through, I'm like, man, I've only played this game for like maybe four hours total. And it was already like, you're on part three now. Because like after the alien ship is like the next scene or next area. And that's it. Yeah. Like, you're done, apparently. So, yeah, I'm going to do some side quests to try and extend it. I really want to see the whole Al Gore thing play out. And oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's hilarious. Definitely follow it up with... The fractured butthole, even yeah. I, I bought that recently, so I'm pretty stoked. Uh, well, not recently, probably in the last like six months, I picked it up. But uh, yeah, so this was just kind of on a whim. I was like, I gotta at least check it out. It's been on my shelf for a long time. I'm waiting for Ghost of Tushima to come out, and uh, I was like, gotta have something to buy to time till next week. So that was it. That'll definitely do. It's it's such a fun game. Both of those games I got uh, either day one or I think Stick of Truth. I got it three or four days after it came out but someone was already like selling it like it was two years old i got it for like 10 15 bucks and i was like nice i'll take that and i made a friend in the process so that was cool sweet <laughs> uh the other things i'm playing right now are ukulele and the uh was it a forgotten layer i think or forbidden layer um no impossible layer ukulele and the impossible layer i don't know how i keep screwing that game up but my wife and I are playing that one. That's our game that we play together. I think we're on like chapter 18 or 19 of that one. And then the other one that we're actually playing together now is Ring Fit Adventure. So you've probably heard uh, yeah. that on a few episodes recently. Dude, that game kicks your ass. Like it seriously yeah. does, man. I, you can't even tell anyone who's not experienced like any type of exercise in video games. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, you, you move around a bit. Big deal. You obviously don't exercise like... Uh, I've done like the exercising on the connect and stuff. And yeah. Even the games that aren't exercise games, like adventure and shit, that stuff kicks your ass. Like my wife has been trying to like work out more lately and she like joined a program and all this other stuff. And then uh, she remembered like the connect 
workout games that we have and she's like hey can you hook up the 360 in the living room so i could kind of do that a little bit on my off days from the other one and she's like yeah and i was like absolutely and she's like that kicks my ass more than this official workout program so that's saying something. yeah like like this ring fit adventure is like seriously straight up crossfit for the most part i mean you're not obviously doing like uh, bench pressing or uh, lifting weights of any nature you've got more resistance training going on but you know what people understand is like the types of workouts that we're doing in here planks and squats and yoga poses and running in place and you know pressing in on the ring band like all these different things these are all things that are like for helping tone your body as well as losing weight so we're we're enjoying it as long as we keep a healthy diet and keep doing this i think we're on uh day 20 was today and we're only on like world five there's like 20 worlds total there's tons of mini games involved some of the worlds have like quests that we have to go back and do like there's a lot going on so step think, up and beat it in one day bro yeah that Just would kidding. never happen <laughs> would die man it, it's like after 15 minutes is like have you had enough and i'm like yes i've had enough you'd be you'd be part of an article we could cover in one of the podcasts like man goes to hospital playing too much nintendo ring fit actually that wouldn't be bad we can even like plug in all of our podcast uh yeah. You know, names and such on there. Uh, speaking of which, before we get into uh, what you're currently playing, man. So if you're just catching us now, you can catch a Game Deflators podcast on uh, Podcast Addict, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, really anywhere podcasts are found. And then you can also find us on social media at Game Deflators at uh, Twitter and on. No, sorry. At Game Deflators on Twitter. It's late, dude. It's like 1230 while we're recording. So at Twitter oh, yeah. is at Game Deflators. And then uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's at The Game Deflators. We also just launched our website recently, which is thegamedeflators.com. So check go it out. Check it's out. awesome. Dude, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty impressed with what I've done in the last few days on that website. Yeah, Pat yourself on the back. It's it's professional looking. Yeah, it's pretty solid. So uh, patting myself on the back now. Dude. All right. So... Uh, what are you currently playing before we get into our news articles for the week? Well, currently I'm playing Soccer Wars on the PS4. I picked it up a bit. I uh, put it down to play Last of Us Remastered and Left Behind before Last of Us 2. And now that I'm done that, I just finished playing Anamusha about two days ago. I decided to go with the remaster. And... Uh, yeah, I righted a major wrong in my life by not checking that out sooner. It's been a game I've been interested in since the PS2. I have all of them. And I even made a video, like, I think two years ago about game series that I've always missed out on and what I plan to do about it. And apparently that wasn't even enough to light a fire under my ass to play this game. But on the Super Enabler Bros show, we do this thing called Backlog Roulette where we take 38 games, put them on a list, and spin the roulette, and it, uh, you know, it makes games going from, yeah, I've been meaning to try that, to, okay, play that right now. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really doing the job in enabling me to play some games that I don't even have an excuse for not playing, just, oh, other games, you know, and I squirreled and went and played something new. So yeah, that was I've, awesome. I've got to do the uh, backlog roulette myself, man. Like, you know, we talked about this on your podcast too. You get to a point where you have so many damn games, you don't even know what to play anymore. Like, and I got a short list, and it always shuffles with new releases coming out. I'm like, I'll have a game that's like next up, but then yeah. all of a sudden there'll be like a, a good couple of weeks where a bunch of bangers come out, and you're like, oh, I'm playing these right away. 
screw everything else, you know, like Last of Us 2 came out. You're like, uh-huh. I'm not playing anything else until I'm playing that. And then, uh, you know, stuff like that just kind of, you know, gets in the way. And, you know, before you know it, the short list is like, oh, that was like the next up. And now it's like 10 back. So mm-hmm. uh, this, it just sounds like a, it sounds like a corny gimmick, but it, honestly, I'm loving it. It's getting me, it's giving me a timeline to beat these games. We pick like 10 hour or less uh, games so you can you know it's it's doable and you know I keep playing the current stuff that I'm already planning on playing and then that gets thrown in too and I've been pretty good at beating them before the next episode so glad to finally uh, have checked out Onimusha I don't know if the remaster is really any better than the PlayStation 2 or original Xbox versions are a lot of the animations seem really twitchy. Honestly, I was like, "Is Michael J. Fox doing the Michael the mocap for this?" Because look how he's shaking. Like it's shaking like he's just drank eight cups of coffee in some places. Holy like, shit! I noticed a lot of like his arms just shaking. I'm like, I don't know, man. So I kind of want to check out the PS2 version to see if like that's just leftover animation from that because it didn't really look much sharper. But that's all I can really say against that game. It is awesome. If you haven't played Onimusha definitely check it out it's like samurai resident evil and resident evil if you like resident evil you'll love this it's you don't have to worry about ammo because it's all swords and shit so you just slash everybody oh so it's definitely a game that's been on my list for some time i mean obviously i have a lot of ps2 games Mm -hmm. and i've always wanted to play that particular series but i just never got to it man yeah definitely i i'm saying bump it up on the list like the yeah, I I figured I'd go with the remaster, figuring it might look a little nicer or something. But you know, graphics don't make the game, and uh, yeah, if it, it they didn't, I don't think they improved it very much. But uh, I'm not saying it's a bad port. It was definitely doable, and you know, might as well get some trophies out of it. So that was fun. Um, since then, what I'm playing right now, well, not currently. I'm doing a podcast, but I picked up Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon two like the second it went up and <laughs> played a little bit last night even though I was exhausted and then uh, I played a bit more during the day today and I'd say I'm probably about a third of the way through it already nice love those uh if you're not familiar with what that is it's basically uh like Castlevania 3 you know NES style 8-bit game uh the first one was a stretch goal for the Bloodstained Ritual of the Night uh Kickstarter and it was so awesome that they decided to make a sequel, and I'm all about it. Uh, I love the Bloodstained games. If you haven't played those, put those at the top of your list, too. Uh, Ritual of the Night was my game of the year last year. It was so awesome. God, so, so awesome I've... that I bought it again on the Xbox One when I saw it go cheap at Walmart. Oh, jeez. Uh, I've got to pick that one up still. I haven't done that yet. I do have Blasphemous on my list, though. So Sweet. I've heard some good stuff about that one, and... Uh, uh, it's definitely one from, I'm gonna play. I picked that up from Limited Run, and it's waiting in my uh, little treasure trove uh, gift pile at a <laughs> church's house. So can't wait. Yeah, there's so there's so much that you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna end up going across the border and coming back with like 60 games when I go on that trip. It's gonna be Jeez, great. man. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I ended up picking up my copy of Blasphemous at Best Buy. I that was one of those that I purposely did not pick it up. Uh, when it was on limited run just because I, you know it was a game that was definitely going to get picked up by Best Buy Sweet, and it was labeled yeah. as that anyway so uh, when it came out I just pre-ordered it through Best Buy got it the next day no issue 
So perfect. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't have that option around here. That's why I. That's why I, I did it the way I do it. Uh, so I uh, sometimes if I know it's like an open pre-order, I'll generally grab it. But if it's something that's like, be on it this time or you're out of luck, and it's I know it's a popular enough game that it will sell out. I usually just toss him a couple bucks and he's a bro about it. Doesn't doesn't mind. Or if he does mind, he doesn't say it. So I'll keep pushing my luck. just make sure he doesn't hear this episode uh all right man so any other things that you're playing right now um besides those two games uh you know i'm a little bit all over the all over the place besides the roulette i'm kind of look at it at the wall and see something go you know what that right now or i'll look in my you know i'll be i'll be playing something else on the 360 and also i'll be like look at all these games i got downloaded on here Back when I used to actually download stuff more often, and then oh wait for a physical. Uh, yeah, th- th- hearing that you're going after a bunch more 360 exclusives uh, warms my heart because that's my biggest collection. I just got my 550th physical 360 game, so nice um, man. I, I fully support you uh, exploring that library. It's so fun. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to pick up any exclusives I can. Obviously, I'm not going to get like crossover type stuff. Like yeah. it, it wouldn't make any sense. But uh, like one of the other ones I picked up not too long ago was Operation Darkness. It was a loose disc copy at GameStop for like five dollars, and I was like, can't, okay, can't well, this that. is like I was like, it's normally a forty dollar game, and you've seen my covers I've been printing recently. Like they look almost, you know, like the real things. So too good why to be am true. I? Yeah, right. <laughs> so. uh been printing out my own covers popping on loose disc you know gamestop games and it's working out all right so uh this week we got three different articles uh we could probably speed through a a couple of these Uh, a few of them we've talked about in recent episodes here uh or really one of them so we've got an article on a sealed copy of mario bros that broke the uh purchase record at one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. we've got another not again, no. Uh, we have another article on uh, God of War's creative director calling for higher prices in video games. And then the last article is via Metacritic, Metacritic changes to their review system. So we'll go into all of those. And then we can also, on that third article, we can kind of get your uh, your opinion on The Last of Us 2 and what you thought about it. So, all right. First one is by Nick Stat of The Verge, and this is that sealed copy of the Mario Bros. going for 114k. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know and just thinks it's just Mario, uh, this is kind of like one of those one-year-only type of prints. I think it had like a, a cardboard hang tag and some other stuff on it. It's a 9.4 out of 10 review or rating, or not even rating. Geez, I'm so tired right now. Well, they, 9.4 they, they out of 10 rough. score. They didn't even plastic wrap these either. They were sealed with a sticker, and that's one of the big uh, tells with it from the test market mm-hmm. copies. And that's like you know, so many of them were, you know, opened or destroyed or whatever in the process. That yeah, that's that's why it's so hard to come by when you're like, it's just Mario. It's the one of the yeah. most high selling games of all time, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's back when Nintendo, like, because everyone was fearful to get video games in stores because of the big crash of the Atari, and Nintendo basically, you know, put themselves out on a limb. Like, okay, you take these in your store, we'll buy back any stock you don't sell, and that's when these copies went out. So it was the very, yeah, that's why they're called test market copies. It's right when they were trying to break into the market. So that was a big gamble on their part. 
Yeah, so super limited, obviously. It's not like there's a ton out there, to your point. Copies destroyed, copies taken out of market, out of circulation, boxes thrown out. So there's not a lot of these out in the market, so it makes sense. But at the same time, man, it's flipping Mario. It's not the best version. Like, there's no uh, yeah. duck on it, even. Yeah, so, <laughs> or track and field. Yeah, so, right. yeah, I mean, you're looking at 114000 Like, I know some people have that type of money to throw around and, and do this type of stuff. But at the end of the day, like... If I had a few million dollars and I had the option of spending $114,000 on Mario or putting $114,000 on a couple houses for down payment, you better yeah. believe I'm going to be getting the houses and down if payments I, done. I don't care if I'm Jeff Bezos, man. I'm, I'm still going to be like, nah, I'm good. I got that and I'm going to play it. Like, I, it, It's not even a show off piece. Like, I'd be ashamed spending that amount of money on a game. Yeah, it's like somebody looks at it and goes, oh, it's Mario in a I box. Could, like. I, I could buy either the entire NES library or just this one copy of the most, you know, most popular game. It, yeah, and like and one of the highest still have printed games. Up. Yeah, right. You could, you could get a, yeah, you could get just about anything short of the uh, Nintendo World Championship cart and have the full library for the same price. So. Yeah, so I think we're, out. I think we're both in agreement here. Like. It's too much money to do something inflated. like that. Like, inflated. Inflated. Yeah, 100% inflated. You should not spend $114,000 on a copy of Mario Bros. Yeah, that shit's popping. It's so inflated, man. That's overinflated. Oh, 100% overinflated. Bloated. Okay. Let's, uh, let's jump into our next article. I mean, we're going to have a lot of people talking about that one, I'm sure, uh, on social media. We'll put some links up on, um, you know, our different social media handles, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, the next thing here, man, so I talked about this with Ryan a little bit last week, but uh, God of War's creative director calling for higher prices in video games or really a price hike. Uh, this is by uh, Dipon John Jay of Essentially Sports. So that is the most random website I could have found to have an article on video games. But yeah, well, what uh, are you doing on there? Uh, it was, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just found it randomly. Uh, so... Uh, I had seen a couple articles pop up recently, um, or really in the last day or so about this, and I just happened to pull this one up. But essentially, he's talking about how a creative director made a, a post recently on, I think it was Twitter, uh, stating that uh, video games uh, should get a price hike and people should essentially pay up front. It'd be better to pay up front than having to pay all these crazy microtransactions that really just ruin games. And so to his point, it's like, pay $70 and get a game with everything you want now or pay $60 and 20 bucks later on down the road in downloadable content. Yeah, I'd rather have it. You know what? I don't mind paying more for a game if I know I'm getting all that they have planned. You know, sometimes I wait for those complete editions like I did with Mortal Kombat 11. But if it's, you know, I mean, I get it costs more to develop. Everything's going up, you know, but, uh, it going up to seventy dollars, US. I'm in Canada. That's gonna be like ninety dollars, and that that looks a lot worse. <laughs> Especially you know with our dollar, it used to be pretty close to yours. So when your games were fifty, ours were, you know, sixty. You know, it's about ten dollars more. Yeah. But yeah, these are gonna be like ninety-five dollars to start, and that's that's a hard pill to swallow. It's you know it's gone up twenty dollars this last gen. Because, uh, you know, 360 PS3 era, there were 60 bucks. Uh, this era, they, they crept up from 70 to 80 pretty damn quick. So, you know, I'm hearing about the $10 every 
second generation from a couple people. I'm like, uh, it kind of went twenty dollars this last generation. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not buying any new games anymore. I'll just yeah. wait a couple months and buy everything when it goes cheap on Amazon. Well, and we had brought it up last week. Uh, you know, they've been, they've been prepping us for this for a long time, anyways. You know, with the collector's editions, the, the DLC, the gold mm-hmm. editions, and the steelbook editions, and all this other stuff. Like, they've been testing the waters for quite a while now to kind of see what our thresholds are and what we'll purchase. And trying to find the breaking point, and you know, it's yeah, getting close. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So I think it was like forty to fifty on PS One. Uh, PS2 stayed in that $50 range US. PS3, like you said, went up to 60 It stayed the same on PS4. So we were bound to get a price increase no matter what. Like People were talking about it happening with PS4. It didn't, obviously. Um, so it only makes sense to have it now. So I wouldn't anticipate when PS6 or whatever the hell comes out next generation, it being, you know, 80 bucks for a game, but you never know. Yeah, I'm hoping they still have discs by then. Because then, you know, you'll be buying... A- collector's editions they'll end up being like the pc collector's editions where you get all this cool stuff then you get the steelbook case and you open it up and it's got a cardboard disc with a a code on it and that's all you got yeah like what's the point of that man i don't know (laughs) i i I constantly uh shame church when he gets one of those i'm like well what'd you expect getting that on pc you know you're gonna get a code by now don't you i don't think (laughs) anything even comes on a disc anymore for pc but i mean you know i'd rather i get it for you know, if I, even if I was going to play something on PC and it, I knew it had like a PS4 or Xbox collector's edition, I would just get one of those and, you know, pay the pay the probably cheaper price just to buy it on Steam. Way to be. Yeah, totally agree with you, man. Uh, so, yeah, when we talked about this last week, obviously this was more of a rumor, but, you know, with with developers and creative directors and people and obviously the whole 2k thing going on um you know last week it's become more of an inevitability really uh that these prices are going to go up so you know i'm Mm going to call it now (laughs) i'm going to expect i'm going to expect the quality to go up though like i don't mind paying more if i'm if i'm getting more like uh but the microtransactions are going to have to be you know like it's got to be one or the other for me i'm not paying $10 $10 more and getting $30 less because they got all the uh, post-launch plans, you know, I don't know. It's going to have to be worth it. You know, if I'm paying full price for a brand new game, I'm going to be more choosy, just like I have been with, um, you know, things this gen. You know, I'll buy the games I got to have right now, and then other games will be like, you know what, I'll wait a bit. And, you know, Amazon's always got sales. That's where I pick up a lot of the newer stuff. Uh, I wait on some stuff I know I'm not going to get to for a couple months anyway. And by then I'm paying like half price, a third of the price. So see if, uh, you know, smart collectors really, um, or smarter collectors wait a year or two into the generation. So that way they're always playing catch up. So like I haven't played God of War, I haven't played God of War yet, but I picked it up for $10, you know, uncharted four. I picked it up for $10. Lost Legacy, $10. So, like, you know, you're picking up all these AAA titles that were sitting at 50 60 bucks for $10. You know, obviously totally. games like Last of Us 2 come out and Ghost of Tsushima come out, and those are games that you're generally going to pay your premier price for because you want to play them right away. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, like the most of it, man, like, I think I got, I got my PS4 when the PS4 Pro came out. Like, that's okay. when I got my PS4. And so, for me, it was like, cool, now I've got, like, this whole ton of a library that's sitting at like ten dollars to eight dollars a game for various titles that i could play at any point so that's how i always do too i 
I didn't get like a 360 until 2008, stuff like that. Like I waited a while. I usually wait year and a half, two years, every console. I think the, the closest to launch I've ever bought in a console was the, uh, the Switch. I got it just, just over a year after it came out. But uh, PS5, I was so impressed by their uh, showing of it that it might be my first launch or close to launch console. So the, the only uh, reason the price is kind of worrying me in that point. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you it's on that. It's ugly as hell. I'm going to have to put a bag over it, but, you know. <laughs> the, the only reason, <laughs> a brown bag, by the way, the only yeah. reason I would ever buy a PS5 at launch would be to flip it in a local market spidey man Boom. that too spidey well you know <laughs> there's there's some good games that are gonna be on that console like i'm excited yeah. about it i'm just not like six hundred dollars excited about it yeah if that's the price point yeah we'll see i'm uh yeah i'm uh i'm i've never even considered it is what i'm saying like but uh the, if all those games don't get pushed back like crazy like i'll be i'll be getting it pretty close to launch yeah um if not you know i'll just ask for for christmas so you know i'll wait a month just ask <laughs> just ask uh papa church he can pick it up yeah, yeah you can get two of them yeah yeah, yeah. I already, okay so already, t- already tried tried that he, i don't think it's gonna work but we'll it see. doesn't uh yeah. you gotta get some blackmail on the guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right man so our uh, our next article here is on Metacritic changing their review system. Uh, so really what Metacritic has done is they haven't really done much. All they're essentially doing, and, and by the way, this is from uh, Dinesh at Game Tweak. I keep reading this as Game Twerk for some reason, so it shows you where my mind is at. But, games get me uh, twerking. Yeah, games be twerking. So, I mean, no, if I game tweak. T- I'll twerk to get a PS5. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on uh, where you're twerking, I guess. Uh, so... Yeah, so basically all Metacritic has done is said instead of allowing people to write crazy, terrible reviews an hour after a game has launched, uh, we're going to have them wait two days. So if a game launches on June 17th, they will be able to create a review on June 19th. This is the first time they can do a review. Uh, What this does, obviously, is allows people to see critic reviews and allows them to get a you know get a feel for the game and play it before they see like crazy judgment for no reason and poor reviews. So... The big reason behind this uh, were two instances. You had Animal Crossing New Horizons got review bombed like hell, uh, which I think is still sitting at like a 5.2 uh, user score. And then obviously Last <laughs> of Us 2 was the big one recently, hitting as low as like 3.0 on their scoring scale uh, for users. Uh, and uh, that one in general, I, it's ridiculous, man. Like the whole review bombing, cancel culture thing, major pet peeve of mine i can't stand oh, it like bandwagoning i can't stand the bandwagoning bullshit people do yeah yeah I mean, anything it's like, anything all these dumb challenges that people do all these you know like oh this person i like doesn't like this thing so i better be just you know a sheep and go with them and totally bash it too even though i've never even cared to look into it whatsoever on my own i just gotta yeah know, be be part of the crowd like how how butthurt do you have to be to make a negative review put in spoiler posts on social media cry about how much you don't like the game and how much it sucks when you haven't even played it and uh you know i i've come across a lot of games in the past that you know i've been disappointed by it hasn't been a game i enjoyed right but at no point did it ever cross my mind 
if it, I'm just going to be an asshole about it and review mm-hmm. bomb on Metacritic or mm-hmm. spoil it for other people that are going to enjoy the games. Like, if you think about it, like an average, if it's a five star average, that means somebody rated a four, somebody rated a six. It could be people rating eights and nines. Like, you can't just say that you hate a game and you're going to put out spoilers when there's other people that yeah. could actively enjoy that game. It's just it's so frustrating, man. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I just. You know, that's what I got podcasts for. I'll say, I'll tell you what I think is something off the cuff and be real about it, but I'm not going to go, you know, argue with someone else that liked something that I didn't like. Be like, cool, man, that's how you feel. I'm not going to be like, oh, worst thing I've ever played. Don't dare play it. There, you know, I don't, you know, I know that everything's not made for me. And a lot of people seem to think these days that. A thing is made specifically for them, and if they don't like it, then it must not be good. If it's, you know, it'd be like me playing a, a sports game and being like, worst game ever. It could be the best one in that series, but it just might not be something I'm into. Yeah, and 100%, like, man. Like, I, and sports games are a good example for sure. Like, I love Madden games and NCAA football games and such. Like, I've been playing them for years, and I'm not bad at them. I'm actually pretty decent. And there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, sports games suck. Well, that's me. You don't, you don't like sports. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, not so expe- like, I'm not going like, all these other people in these stadiums are wrong for liking sports. And, uh, you know, all the people that buy these games, I'm like, that's just cool, man. There's people yeah. like Gran Turismo. I don't like Gran Turismo, but I understand why other people do. I am a huge metal fan, and I don't like the majority of other music, but I understand why people don't like what I like, and I also understand... To an extent, mostly how people can under how people can like other types of music. It's just not everything's for you, and you just got to realize that. Just say just say not for me. Not worst game ever. Not worst thing ever. You know, I'm a Canadian and I hate hockey. Guess how that goes for me? People are like, how you're Canadian? Like it's like renouncing my uh, country by not liking hockey. I hate hockey. It's okay, <laughs> you know. So here's the thing: I love hockey. So all you gotta tell your Canadian friends is, uh, there's a guy down in Arizona that absolutely loves hockey. It makes up for the fact that I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna trade places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I need some of that dry heat. All we got humid heat here too. So oh yeah, yeah I don't. I can't yeah. do humid heat anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the big thing here was last of us 2 and that was the major reason for the shift and you actually just beat last of us 2 i did a review i think it was two episodes ago i did a review mm-hmm. on our podcast on last of us 2 filled with tons of spoilers so i hope you didn't catch that episode oh uh, I, I skipped ahead it was kind of it was kind of a bummer i actually re-listened to the rest of that episode uh after i beat it but i i, I just kind of just <laughs> Skipped ahead until I, I would stop and hear a word or two and be like, oh, they're still talking about it. I, I put and a warning. To... Dude, I put a warning in the description. It said 18 minutes. Oh, I know, but it was on my app. It just came up in my app, and you're like, oh, you were just, just saying, we're going into spoilers. You didn't just dive in. Yeah, so I was yeah. just like, okay, I'll just skip till they're not talking about it at all. Yeah, and then that I, makes sense. Know, and then I found, a, I found the end of it, and I went, all right, got to go back a little bit. So, right. yeah, I, but I, I went back. It wasn't, it wasn't anything on you. I was just driving. I couldn't really... Oh, look I got you, got you. Look for a timestamp. Actually, uh, the last game tense, we talked a bit about it, and we had to put a. I made him put in a timestamp, and he rolled his eyes because he's like, "Oh, now you're making me do work." Because <laughs> we never, we're bare minimum of uh, editing. We usually, you know, do one, 
you know, one go and usually don't have much to cut out. <laughs> so that's, that's, we benefit from that a bit, but yeah, yeah, we do. We do quite a bit of editing on ours. Uh, nothing crazy. It's more on audio quality than anything else. Uh, mm. And then occasionally if we say something that we didn't mean to say, we'll cut it out. Like this one, I'm going to probably keep as is because I mean, it's almost one o'clock in the morning here and three o'clock in the morning your time. So yeah. uh yeah, I mean, we're pretty tired and delirious anyways while recording. So oh, yeah. hopefully it's gonna be a... <laughs> hopefully it doesn't sound good to us right now and then you listen to it tomorrow and you're like, We sound like we're both drunk. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. what else do we do in the Game Deflators podcast? <laughs> yeah, there we go. So yeah, so what are your what are your thoughts on Last of Us Two, man? I'm interested to hear what uh what your take it's, is on it. It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. The ridiculous attention to detail really didn't go unnoticed by me. The little tiny details that like they didn't even need to do that like you most people won't even realize that um is what i really appreciated about it the uh, i don't know just just the little subtle things that you just go off in a room and be like wow look at this like you believe it was lived in it's not just assets plopped in that you've seen all throughout the game it's like they made this just for this room kind of stuff and uh i really i really get into stuff like that and uh, i mentioned it on on our podcast too like the it reminds me of those like documentaries that you see where they uh they had one something called after after people or something like that and it would show what a city would look like if we just all vanished It'd be like five years on ten years on and you would just see like oh like this is when stuff would start to crumble this is when you wouldn't even see roads it would just be grass and it reminded me of like when people do that uh, urban exploration where they just go into like abandoned buildings and stuff. And I always love that aesthetic of stuff like post-apocalyptic stuff is like my jam too. But this was like more realistic, not Mad Max style post-apocalyptic, like Fallout kind of rage kind of mm-hmm. is. Uh, so I really, I really appreciate the aesthetic of this. The characters were all pretty cool in this one. Uh, I liked the story for the most part. Uh, I, I avoided spoilers until I played it, which was uh, actually pr- a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, especially when I heard about all the complaints, and I, I just ignored the complaints. I actually had to ask Church on our episode, like, oh, yeah, so what uh, What were people ex- complaining about? Because I just I f- fully avoided everything about it. Uh, I generally do when I, I'm already sold on a game. I just go media blackout on everything. I see it mentioned, and unless it's someone just like, I'm excited for this, I go, okay, cool. Like that, and then just keep going. But if it's anything in details, I just avoid it until I get to play it. So I jump in. I don't even like seeing gameplay on stuff. Like, I'll watch like a couple early on trailers, and if it looks cool and I'm sold, then I'm like, I'm sold. I'm already buying it. Nothing's swaying my thing. Unless I hear unanimous, terrible things from people I respect, people I know. Like, dude, yeah, definitely don't get this. I'd be like, eh. I'll look into it and not, no, maybe watch another trailer or see what they're talking about. But yeah. generally, that doesn't happen. So, so um, what did you think about think, the overall plot point, though? So, like the character death in the beginning, and I saw how that it all coming, ends. but not exactly like when it was going to happen. I knew at the end of the last one, and when I heard there was a new one, I was like, "This one's going to be all about people coming for Joel, and you know, someone's left, and they're going to come after him." Uh, it happened a little bit differently than I saw it coming, but and a little bit earlier. But uh, yeah, I totally called it. But it was uh, it was good. I felt it. 
and, and uh, what about Abby? What was your thought on her and, and getting to play that side of things? I, I liked that twist at the beginning and I'm like, oh, cool. I like that. It's a revenge story and all that. And then when you go to play as her, honestly, I wasn't enraged by it. You know, you're made to hate this person. But then the whole point of this twist is like, hey, there's two sides to the story. And I totally got where she was coming from right away because even though it doesn't reveal where where she's coming from, I'm like, I'm sure it's got something to do with the fireflies. And it totally did. And I was, yeah, I, I, I had no problem playing her part. Her part honestly seemed to drag a little bit for me. Uh, I don't know if it's just going from playing the first one again and the DLC in, right into it. But uh, by no fault of the developers, I liked the story. The flow of the story was fine. Uh, just the act of doing things in between these story points kind of, uh, I don't know, starting to get over it. Uh, aside from the battle in the hospital, the big like boss battle, that kind of came out of nowhere. That was the most surprising gameplay wise to me. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was played very much like the first one in almost every way. A lot of the weapons were almost exactly the same. Uh, when you play as Abby, you get a couple of new weapons. So I, th I was welcoming that. That was pretty cool. But, uh, overall excellent game, you know, some of the, I liked the gore, some of the gore and like the key people you kill, uh, were pretty awesome, and I liked uh, the little detail that like you kill a guy, and they're like, "Oh no, Jimmy!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Ha ha ha!" He had a name. <laughs> and, uh, and I really, <laughs> he had a name. I really, I really liked that. That was one of the cool details to me. But I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to give this game a zero out of ten because they missed one huge detail. So when you turn on your flashlight on The Last of Us Remastered, it does a little. Like a flashlight does. Turn on your flashlight on Last of Us 2. No sound from the controller. Ah, but, but like, it's a shake light. So <laughs> you hear your controller rattling to power up your, your flashlight. No click-click, though. Uh, well, Hopefully, they patch that in. Hopefully they patch that in. Hopefully they patch it in. I'm just kidding. That's a small <laughs> small thing. I was like, oh. I just I just noticed it going right from one to the other. I was just like, oh, I actually so when I when I was playing it, whenever I, my light was going out, I'd shake my controller and it it sounded like a shake light. Uh, your controller's broken, bro. No, I'm it isn't. Kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get yeah, out of so, here. So yeah, it was a uh, I, I liked it. Um, um, pretty much everything about it. You know, there's a that awkward sex scene was probably the part I uh, disliked the most going through the whole thing, <laughs> and the fact that. Uh, She's so enraged by Joel's death, but like two of her other like close friends or other survivors like die right next to her and she's got almost no no well, reaction to them. I think in that situation, so the the Hispanic guy and his death, you know, I see that as in a heat of the moment type of situation. Like she had to keep going. Like there's no stopping at that point. Like you've gotta go. Um, yeah. So there was that piece. I was actually kind of shocked to see who killed him, though. Uh, that yeah. was surprising to me. Um, and then obviously her two friends, It, it she was enraged. Like, she was pissed off. But yeah. I could see where she's like, fuck this. We're going to go <laughs> finish this now. And then she leaves. So I totally mm -hmm. get it. 
Like I, I get yeah. the lack of rage that you see on screen. Or just the lack her. of really even reaction. Like her, like one of her best friends, like when the Asian guy just gets shot in the eye, right, right out of the gate, and you're like, oh. And then yeah. she's almost, almost like didn't even blink. Like, oh yeah, he's dead. <laughs> I, wel- I welcomed that <laughs> one though. There, there, there was I no, no, there was no, no, or nothing. Just like, oh yeah. I, I cannot, st- I cannot stand that character. I don't, Jesse. I could not stand him. So forced. <laughs> him and Dina were like two of the most forced characters I've ever. Like, if that was, if there was one qualm I had, it would be the forcing of those two characters in the game. Like, nothing against them. Like in general, like nothing against the fact that it's an Asian character. Nothing against the lesbian mm-hmm. component of it. It's all on the fact that it's two characters that I just didn't really care about and i could see where people would be angry about that so that was that was pretty much my main reason it would have got a nine out of ten was because that just seemed super forced and it didn't just didn't didn't, click i didn't like it yeah i i really liked the the kids that uh encounter abby yeah that was they were likable they were likable apparently people are one of the people were raging about like how the one kid is trans or whatever and i was like i didn't really even realize I that's how I, that's how downplayed it is it wasn't all like an in-your-face thing people yeah. act like just something being included in a game is like oh my god they're pushing this agenda and i'm like i don't know i thought you i thought it was a cool character Love yeah i mean i i thought the entire yeah. way through it was a, a boy the whole time and all of a sudden yeah. it was like oh no you know i shaved my head and everything else and you find out it's a girl and you're like oh snap okay okay like uh, that's all right, cool. anyway moving on with the story like it didn't you know, it didn't elicit a big reaction. You're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't like a bum, bum, bum moment. It's not like, like okay. I'm throwing my controller into my TV and be like, I know my rights and, yeah. you know, stop yeah. playing the Flipping game. Flipping your coffee table. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I just kept on living my life. And, uh, yeah, like, that made the uh, Abby uh, part just a lot more likable. Like, you know, like, that's when you see, like, oh, yeah, she's a, she's a person. She's not just some... Uh, crazy golfer so i don't know i i like yeah i like i liked all her, her parts and i I, yeah. I played this like little mini game in my head i don't know if, if anybody else did this or not but i would anytime i came up to a door i'd be like is this locked before i go to unlock it or open it because you know there's always like it's like constant wrench in the gear like no way this door just opens I've always, I've obviously got to go around the back of this building and move a dumpster and climb in through a broken window and like go through this huge labyrinth to get to this, to where the, the door is, you know, even though I've got explosives, even though I've got a gun, I can shoot this lock off. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> climb a dumpster, uh, jump into yeah. a building, fight I, I off that, a few stalkers. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it's all part of the gameplay and I just kind of, I just kind of laughed it off, but it was just like, yeah pretty funny like you could just kind of call it after a while became like a, a bad wrestling storyline where you're like oh yeah i know what's coming up are you really <laughs> gonna try and open this front door you know the front door is always locked so <laughs> and uh as far as the story went uh where it went to the farm and all this stuff i thought that was cool i i knew that wasn't the ending but i was kind of hoping that would be the ending even though you know i don't want anyone to get the wrong impression i really enjoyed it but uh, when she goes to, you know, go on her second revenge, I'm like, ah, oh, nah, got to finish it. I'm like, what are you, Master Chief? Got to finish the fight here. And uh, I'm like, <laughs> why are you going? You're not going to kill her. Like, I just called it right there. You're not going to kill her. You're going to find her. You're either going to, 
you're probably going to beat her up or something, but you're going to find a common thing. Like you'll have to work together to survive or you'll go your separate ways or somehow you'll become friends or something. Like she'll take a, take a bullet for you. I was like, I know she's not killing her. I know she's not. Yeah. I was thinking like, is this the scene that everybody's going to be frustrated about? Like, is this where, you know, they kiss and everything and people go up in arms about it. (laughs) I hate that you killed Joe, but I love you that you killed Joe. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That would have been a dumb ending, but, uh, yeah, the biggest bummer at the end to me was just that she couldn't rip on that guitar because she only had three fingers. Yeah. Or a thumb and two fingers. So I was yeah. like, is this the sad, morose ending that I was been waiting for? So, yeah, that's all she really accomplished by going on that last bit. It was just, I guess I'll just lose a couple of fingers. And never be able to play guitar again. Yeah. Well, yeah. either way, man, I enjoyed the game. You enjoyed the game. A lot of people are enjoying the game. Metacritic yeah. user scores are going up for it as well. I think it's at like 5.4, 5.5 now. So it's definitely, it's enjoyable. So I think the, the moral of this article that we uh, we were discussing initially is, you know, this is supposed to discourage review bombing down a road. Um, hopefully it does its job and... Um, you know, hopefully we don't have poor user scores for no reason, which obviously changes the mindset of individuals that may not look into it too closely, such as why those reviews are bad. Well, yeah, especially when uh, something's review bombed like this, it, and it's generally, if you're someone who's going to be checking the Metacritic score, you're going to also see beyond sites that, you know, declare like, oh, this is getting review bombed. And you'd be like, oh, is it warranted? Or is it because someone doesn't like a particular part of the game? So, yeah, that's why I generally don't go by reviews in general. If someone, one of my friends tells me, check this game out, that's better than a 10 out of 10 review on a site. Like, uh, I don't know what this person likes besides me. They might like games that I hate. Mm-hmm. You know, they might they might be, like, recommending this game. And I'm like, wow, that was the worst game I've ever played. I hated that beginning to end. Yep. And then that same person could be like, to do not play this, avoid it. And I'd be like... That was my favorite game last gen. What are you talking about? So, yeah, for know, sure. I always, always go for your instincts. Take everything with a grain of salt, especially yeah. on the internet. Like I said, uh, yeah, personal reviews from people I know I take over, you know, professionals that are like paid to play games and, you know, it might not even be the style of game they like. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Well, speaking of reviews, man, uh, We've got an inflation deflation this week, so... Hell yeah, we do. Yeah, so this is actually pretty cool. We went ahead and did Contra 3. I think it's uh, only on the SNES. I don't believe there's any other versions out there. Uh, uh, but this one so was... The collection. The Contra collection is about the only thing. You yeah, know, you true. You digitally true. a couple other things, but that's about it, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, this was developed by Konami, published by Konami, um, designed by Nobuya Nakazato, and it was released in February of 1992, and it's a run-and-gun uh, shooter game, of course. Now, the one thing I did notice here is I don't think you could put in a Konami code for this game on single-player in the U.S. version. I know Japan you can't, but I don't think you could do it for the uh, American release or North American release. Well, damn. I didn't even try, but yeah. I don't know. I never so really I, looked into it. I tried. It wasn't happening. It just kept landing on two players and giving me three lives. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I might be an idiot and I put it, put it in wrong, but I could not get, you know, any more than three lives. I can get infinite lives, 30 lives, whatever fun stuff comes of the Konami code. I did not get it. So, 
Yeah. Either way, so, uh, dude, we, we both played the game. I think you played it today, you said, or you've played in the past. Uh, yeah. I went ahead and played out the first three levels while I had a chance to. And it's a fun game, man. Like, this is a Absolutely. game that it's got great music. It's got great fluidity on the controls. Uh, overall, it's it's a lot of fun. It's addicting. Uh, after every death or every continue, you're like, all right, I got to get back into this. I've got to, you know, figure out what part do I jump? Who do I shoot? How am I ducking on certain areas? So I enjoyed it. Um, specifically, though, I enjoyed the top-down viewpoint, uh, which is unique to this Contra game. Or not unique, but it was one of the first games that uh contra wise that had this and mm-hmm. it's it's a cool factor man like you go from like this running gun side scrolling type of atmosphere to a top-down running gun where you're just shifting with your shoulder buttons and everything destroying enemies and picking up weapons as you normally would and of yep. course the boss battle that's tied in on um stage two is like this crazy spider looking thing that honestly i don't know how the hell you would beat this if it was in a side scroll type mode, like it makes sense to have it as a top down. So oh, yeah. this game overall, makes excellent use of the mode seven. Yeah. And so overall, like I, I enjoyed it. Like I'm going to have to go back and finish it up at some point and, uh, you know, just play through it. Cause it's a lot of fun in my opinion. Yeah. It, it's a, it's an awesome, it's an instant classic. It's probably one, if not my favorite Contra game, the second favorite, uh, it's, a game that actually physically for my Super Nintendo collection for some reason it took me a while to get hold of um, without ordering it I, I've come across uh, you know more pricey games a lot easier but this one took me a bit and I had to kind of go out of my way to get it but uh, I played it a long time ago I played it not so long ago and I've always loved it uh, especially co-op it's it's balls to the wall all the time and uh, yeah, they they change it up. It seems like almost every level there's something different and crazy that you haven't seen before in a Contra game. So this is a true evolution, not just in graphics, but it just in the things you can do. And uh, I love. I've always loved this one. I've never actually beat it. So uh, playing this again tonight made me go, okay, it's on now. I'm gonna have to beat this game sooner yeah, rather sure. than later. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh... Reception-wise, this had pretty good reviews from critics and users. Uh, averages, if you're doing a 1 to 100 scale, uh, were 90 plus on the averages for those. I think uh, Famitsu was actually the lowest score from a critic standpoint. It was like 28 out of 40, which is kind of absurd. Uh, yeah, given... They probably just weren't good at it. They just died and got mad and were like, all right, I'm reviewing it right now while I'm mad. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what happened. Uh, so, yeah, man, I positive reviews across the board we need to take out Famitsu um you know you've got a positive review of it I have a positive review of it and I'm sure other users out there would truly enjoy this game as well so yeah, it's peak contra honestly it's you know, yeah it play it play it's got the tightest controls and how many games really use the shoulder buttons on the Super Nintendo like for more than just like a switch items or you know jump in Mario Kart that's it Every mo- most games like could have used it, and they just le- acted like they weren't even there. You know, some games where you're like the most convoluted controls. You're like, make use of these bumpers; it would be ten times better. You know, some games that suck would be better if they'd actually just use those. 
Yeah, the effectiveness of the, the shoulder buttons in this game is, is better than a lot of games that have played on the SNES. So I definitely think they did a great job overall of the, the overall button configuration on this title. And it's, you know, as I said, it's super fluid, easy to play, uh, your point, tight controls. It's just a good game. I, I mean, it really is. So brass tax-wise on this, uh, the most expensive version of Contra 3 is going to be the not-for-resale version, of course. Uh, that mm-hmm. sits at $120. The cheapest version is the SNES version, uh, which is sitting at $35.44. Uh, complete in box, this is going to run you around $126, uh, with it peaking back in August of last year at $130.94. And it's trending up in terms of price point. From a loose price point standpoint, we're looking, obviously, as I'd said, uh, $35.44. And that peaked in May of 2016 at $48.78, which is, ironically, when I picked it up for about $3. And uh, that price is staying kind of steady nowadays. Awesome. Yeah, when when I picked it up, I got it for really cheap, too. But then it seemed like after I got it, I think I ended up picking it up two other times. I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I've probably picked up like four or five times since then. Uh, and of course, I've sold them, <laughs> you know, when yeah. they've come through or I've traded them for something else. But oh, yeah, uh, trading. isn't that crazy, man? Like after you pick up a game, you start coming across like multiple times after that. Yeah, yeah. after you want it, especially it's the worst when you like, oh, fine, I'll shell out. You'll find it for a decent price, but then you'll buy it and then you'll get it in the next lot you buy. Yeah. And you're like, cool. So I got it for like $2 this time, but I just spent $30 on it or whatever you know well you know the benefit seems, down the road happens, is like, like if you pick up a lot you know and something like this is sitting there you're like all right cool like i don't have to keep that one now because i already own it so i can yeah. and you can trade it. up if you know the sticker might be in better shape but it's uh yeah generally bummer it's always a good trader usually if you go out of your way to get it you know it's a good game but you know is what it is yeah so uh you know how this works man uh we look at the price point we understand what we've reviewed it on and we say if the 3544 price point is inflated deflated or just right so in your opinion are you spending 30 if you don't have this right and something you're looking to play are you spending 3544 on this game do you think it's worth it coming from a collector standpoint 35 fair fair price i'd say so i'd say even on that um there are cheaper things you know if you don't care you just want to play it get that contra collection it's on all the uh current gen consoles like i think even switch has it in the contra collection and i think that's about 20 dollars. so you can't go wrong with that it's got a whole heap of them and it's also on the super nintendo mini which is i think how you played it this time yep. right that's how i played it yeah yeah uh yeah so there are cheaper ways to play it, but if you want it in your collection, it's a must-have, I'd say, for the Super Nintendo library. Like, It's one you're going to pop in again and again. It's not just one you're going to have and be like, check out what I got and never touch it. So, Sweet. I think, Sweet. I think it's fair. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would say the price is just right as well. So um, I wouldn't pay any more than $35. When you look at... Uh, you know, And if you got it for $30, bucks, you would be doing... It'd be a steal at that point. But uh, yeah. when you start looking at pricing back in like 2016 right sitting at nearly $50 for this game and four mm-hmm. years down the road you're seeing it you know almost $15 less that's not a bad deal uh in all honesty from a you know a SNES game of that caliber so yeah I'd say 35 is is a fair price point if you found it cheaper you're doing yourself a good deal um especially so yeah. now with the COVID prices everything's going up if you can get it for 35 
yeah. you're still doing pretty good. Uh, as always, try to get it cheaper. But you know, if you if you want it that bad and you gotta have it in the collection, I understand those feels. I think thirty five is a decent price. Sounds good, man. So uh, this week, obviously, the game is going to be listed as just right on the price point. It's not really inflated, not really deflated. Um, we got that balloon there pumped just the way it needs to be. So uh, don't go pay. Don't go pay in one hundred fourteen thousand dollars for Mario, though. That's that's a bonus inflated price. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's our inflated game of the week, Mario Bros. For one hundred fourteen thousand dollars. So, uh, dude, I appreciate you coming on the episode this week. Uh, Ryan Absolutely. will obviously be on uh, in, a, I guess, the next week. Uh, we'll see what happens. And hopefully we cover Rodea Sky Soldier finally. That was on our list uh, to cover for this week. But, um, yeah, Contra yeah, sounded I, I, pretty awesome. I own it, but I didn't have enough time to really give it a good go. So figured I we'd do something I have a little bit of experience in already. Cheat well, a little and, bit. Yeah, and you know, Ryan was tonight, looking but... forward to playing that one. So, yeah, I will. I'll play it again this week, just uh, just so we can, I can uh, understand the conversation more. You know, give me an excuse to play it, kind of like a backlog roulette st- situation. Mm-hmm. Pick it up. Uh, I've always heard the Wii version is the better, and it comes with both. So, I'll I'll give them both a shake. Yeah, I got the uh, the Wii U copy here in the house, so uh, that's what we're gonna play it on, and. Did, did yours come with the extra disc? I don't know. I think it did. I, I think it's still sealed, actually. Okay, then, yeah, it should. I don't think they did, like, another printing where it didn't. I don't think it's a Bayonetta 2 situation. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, so you should have both in there. Maybe give them both a fair, fair try. Yeah, that makes sense, man. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I recommend that. I will. I will double check. All right, man. Well, uh, that really concludes our episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see... Uh, you know, if we can finally get to playing some Rodea. And uh, again, man, I appreciate you being on the episode. Uh, one last time, though, let people know where you're at and uh, what podcast you're doing. All right. I'm at Corpse Flood Gaming on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can hear me on the Game Tense podcast, as I said, on the Game Grinder channel or any podcast apps and Super Nabler Bros show on my youtube channel pretty soon we're gonna actually start uploading them on the podcast apps as well we were just kind of getting our footing seeing what we could do and uh yeah we're gonna keep going with it so i'll actually put those up for listening i think you benefit from watching but teach their own and besides that i'm, I'm just playing games <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds good man so yeah destroyer of games uh, and of course, at the Game Deflators podcast, you can find us at thegamedeflators.com. Uh, of course, on uh, social media, Facebook is at the Game Deflators, as well as Instagram. And then on Twitter, we are at Game Deflators. And find our podcast on all podcast applications as well Podcast Addicts, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere podcasts are found, we're on there. And of course, leave a five star review. We'd prefer Feel six, it. but we understand five. Sweet. We'll just sign in, or you could do a 10 star review and just sign in under two accounts and do two five stars that is also acceptable just make sure to leave a a positive review and check that website it's mint yeah man i'm i'm enjoying it Uh, i got some more editing to do so we'll see how it goes this has been episode 88 of the game deflators podcast my name's john i'm jason and thanks for listening